Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining me tonight on Beyond the Script. On tonight's episode, we are going to discuss the effects of the current coronavirus on mental health. Um, I think this is an aspect of the um, pandemic that we really need to get ahead on. Um, It's something that I don't see discussed as much, um, but there is definitely a lot of great resources online and um, through the World Health Organization to guide us in tackling the stigma as well as anxiety and um, social um, effects of going through a pandemic as we are all going through now. Um, Again, there's a lot in the media right now with, you know, what we need to do as far as protecting ourselves physically. So I think that's very important and we need to definitely be guiding um, the proper... um, one of the things I wanted to focus on was um, the different populations and how they may or may not be affected by the um, changes that we're currently going through um, with the coronavirus. So let's talk about our kids. Um, Those of you who have children or um, work closely with young children, you know how um, intuitive they are, how quickly they know when something is going on. Um, They see us home more often. They see a worry on your face or you know, we have the news on 24-7 in the house. Those kinds of things, depending on the age of the child, they start to kind of pick up on that. And it can definitely lead to um, anxiety that can be seen in different ways when it comes to younger children. So, you know, they could start having bedwetting. They could start having more, um, be more clingy, wanting to be around you more not really sure what's going on. Um, So how do we really combat those kinds of things? There's definitely a lot of different ways to do it. Um, But what's really recommended is for us to try to keep an even um, head when it comes to dealing with these situations in front of children. So don't have the, you know, news on 24-7 in front of them because they may not understand everything that's going on, but believe it or not, they're listening to a lot of what we're listening to. Um, take the time now if you are quarantined and you're, you know, taking that time away to stay home and not, you know, be out in social settings to reconnect, reconnect with your family, um, play board games, you know, do group workouts, depending on the age of your children, you know, take that time to really get back to doing movie nights, you know, use this time as much as possible to connect with our small, you know, our smaller circles at home. Um, in order to really bring them that sense of peace. You know, I know that depending on the age, I have a 13-year-old and he heard the school's out for an extra week after spring break, you know, he's super excited. But at the same time, when he sees, you know, mommy and daddy and everyone else is getting a little bit um, stacking up on, you know, water and supplies and making sure that everything, you know, that we don't go out or we don't go to the mall necessarily this weekend, you know, he's going to get that little bit of anxiety built back up again. So it's important for us to, you know, definitely use this time to bond back with our children, Um, especially those of you who are working moms and dads that, you know, we are (laughs) away from home way more than we we usually want to be. Um, So that's one way that you can help children get through the stress of what's going on and kind of better understand it. Now with the younger kids, you know, taking this time to really coach them and teach them how to do proper um, cleaning hygiene, how to properly wash their hands, 
Um, I have the luxury of having a 13-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. So my younger one, you know, we're washing hands and we're watching videos on hand washing more and, you know, keeping, getting her into that habit of making sure that she's cleaning before she, you know, as soon as she gets home, before she eats, before she goes anywhere, she plays with her toys, you know, getting, getting them more accustomed to the proper, um, hand hygiene, taking this as a, as an opportunity to really kind of guide them more. Um, so we are, you know, asked to not go into social settings right now. We're asked to not go, you know, to public places where there's large gatherings and things like that. But that doesn't stop you from, you know, going for a walk. If you have a nearby park that's not, you know, super crowded, get your kids out of the house. Get yourselves out of the house. Go for a walk. Get some fresh air. It will definitely do a lot for your stress. Um, I think it definitely helps to calm people down. Exercise. Go for a run with your kids. Um, there's a lot of different activities that we could do, um, that instead of focusing on what we cannot do, uh, now that's one thing I want to just kind of touch on with children. It's really important. Um, I have had, um, the experience of, you know, young kids who go through really extreme stress and depending on the age group, and I'm not an expert in this, but I do have, um, experience with, with children that have had this situation where they start to regress socially and they will start to have even like anxiety where it's like a you know speech anxiety or it shows up in different ways where they start stuttering and have other things going on because they're just really scared um and it's really are important for us to reassure them that yes this is you know sounds very scary and there's a lot going on but it's important for us um to really guide them to do what they need to do to stay healthy and stay home. If they're not able to go hang out with their friends at a birthday party or something going on, you know, they can play with them online. You know, use the tools that we have for them to still keep the social um, fun, especially during spring break, but, you know, keep them safe, keep them protected. Um, so then that takes us to the other population. So our parents, our older um, generation, you know, a lot of people are talking about how you know, we really have to protect them. And this is this is the time where, you know, you keep your space because you might be carriers, but they might not be able to, you know, come combat the virus as well as you may. So, you know, how do we not socially isolate them? How do we do social um, distancing without isolation um, for our older generations? Um, it's really important. It's really important that you help lower their angst, that you help them to, you know, get whatever they feel that they need in their home so that they feel comfortable as far as groceries or toiletries or things like that. If that's what brings down their anxiety and makes them feel more calm, you know, get that stuff out for them so they don't have to go into the stores and see all the hysteria or things that are going on because that will build additional anxiety. Um, and as many of you healthcare workers know, increased stress, increased anxiety, lowers the immune system, puts us at even higher risk. So it's a cycle. And it's really important that we do our part, um, especially with our older um, parents, anyone that may have someone that has, you know, health issues and things like that. You know, you, you have a lot of holidays and stuff coming up and um, events and, you know, birthdays, I'm sure there's weddings people are calling off. But this is the time to really just kind of heed the warnings and do what we need to do to protect our families and loved ones. Um, so, you know, if you can still do a lot of what, you know, what the stuff that we have, which is like if you can FaceTime with them, you can, if you are a healthcare worker like I am um, and you're exposed regularly now um, in the pharmacy setting, 
it's important that we are cautious that we're not carrying anything back home to our more vulnerable um, family members. Um, so I make a point myself to not, you know, if I'm working that particular day without, you know, getting home, changing out of everything, showering, you know, cleaning up, making sure that I am not exposing my mom to anything that could possibly make her ill. So it's really important that we do just do the, the common sense precautions to help protect our families. That will help overall bring down the stress levels and, and not allow them to feel so, um, so isolated, but feel more protected. So there's a fine line there. The next part I want to talk about was really about healthcare workers. So here we are in the front lines um, of something that is, you know, we're putting on that strong face and we're going to work and, you know, we're trying to make sure everybody gets in my situation with being a pharmacist, making sure everyone can get their medication, letting them know they can get it delivered so they can kind of bring down some of the pressure on us in the stores and get us less foot traffic, um, which will, at the end of the day, help us stay safer because you're limiting your risk, right? But at the same time, you know, everyone that's around you, your technicians, your coworkers, your um, other employees, your customers, they're scared. Everyone is scared. Everyone, they maybe don't want to admit it, but it's starting to get a little bit, you know, to the point where you're like, wait a minute. So am I going to get it? What's going to happen to me? You know, am I going to be home? Am I quarantining myself? There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of angst. Um, and it's important for us as healthcare workers to keep a level head, to be able to really explain what's going on to the best of our knowledge obviously we don't really know everything that you know about the virus but being able to explain that it's important that we protect ourselves to the best of our ability if we feel we are ill we also should stay home because we could infect so many more um sick individuals so it's important that we're being cautious but it's more important that we're being protecting really really um safe guidance and not overdoing it if we don't get the proper sleep, if we don't get the proper rest, if we don't use the hand, um, proper hand hygiene, we're going to get sick. So having a healthy diet, making sure we're drinking plenty of water, staying hydrated, going through the motions. Yes, you can, you know, we should be wearing gloves at this point because at the very least, it will remind you not to touch your face. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need to wear a mask, but if you have a mask, you know, it doesn't hurt if it will remind you not to put your hand in your mouth or, you know, expose yourself to those things. Um, so I think it's really, really important as the healthcare workers because we are on the front lines and we will have to be on the front lines for, you know, several weeks to come um, based on how this pandemic is gonna, you know, is gonna work out for us. It's important that we stay healthy and we stay um ahead of the of the virus and be able to identify when we need to step back and it's important that we do step back when we do feel that we are getting ill because more than anything if you get sick that's not just um dangerous for you but it will also be extremely dangerous for you to give it to patients who may already be at um vulnerable state so if you have a customers that are already very ill and you're, you're the carrier, that can be very dangerous. Um, it's important as leaders, those of us that are um, leaders in our profession, to make sure that we are encouraging our employees.
Another important thing that I wanted to touch on is really on how we're going to change the stigma, how we're going to change the wordings that are kind of trigger words that lead to anxiety. Um, So when you're watching the news or when you're explaining things, especially as healthcare providers, um, it's important for us to use words um, that put the patient in the situation. So we don't want to be um, using words that are going to make the patient the case. So for example, it's a person has COVID-19, not a case of COVID-19. So we, those, the very small amount of just wording um, could really make a huge difference on helping to um, lower the stigma attached to this um, virus. We don't want to have a certain group um, be targeted or discriminated against because of the COVID-19 being more prominent in one group or versus another. So it's extremely important that we don't attach it to an um, ethnicity or associated with one group. Um, so because at the end of the day right now, it's it does not discriminate. It will affect any and everybody as long as you um, can go into contact with the virus. It's highly contagious. So it's not looking to see what your ethnicity is, what your, where your birth certificate is. So it's important that we don't associate those things. Because um, once those associations are made, the long-term effects um, on stigma and, um, and discrimination in our society will be far, far, far um, more difficult to tackle than this disease ever will. So it's really important that we do focus on that. We also want to um, prevent the stress and fear um, associated as much as possible. So at the same time, it's obviously it's a natural reaction for us to have fear. It's natural for patients and um, healthcare workers to be scared and fear and stress will naturally bring on anxiety. But the important thing to remember is there's a balance. There's a way to bring yourself back from that. Um, you know, we want to be able to gain that balance, but still, um, know that there is a there is an eminent threat and we don't want to be too lax so it's again it goes back to just having the balance and the only way you really get that is to get the facts so using reputable sources using the world health organization the cdc other organizations that are reputable that will give you the facts so we're not being overabundance of misinformation on social media and other outlets um, and getting answers to your questions so that you can start relieving your your fears Um, that's also another way to help. Um, and lastly, I just really want to touch on, you know, different ways that we can try to manage, um, anxiety and stress. Um, so through meditation, through breathing techniques, teaching your patients, you know, that they can use those outlets to bring down anxiety. Um, many, many of your patients will, um, elicit prayer and being able to get into that, Um, religious setting to be able to lower their fears and get their anxieties under control. Having them spend quality time at home with their families. Um, Being able to balance out, okay, we're not in our regular days and things are not, you know, normal, so I don't really have control of what's going on, but I do have control of trying to make the best of the situation. Um, And really kind of limiting over information. So having, you know, certain times of day where you check in, and you see what's going on and then check out. Because if you constantly sit there, <coughs> excuse me, and you watch the, um, 
the pundits on on TV and going back and forth and back and forth and watching all the coverage, you will naturally become anxious. Um, and really, really important that we start as a community sharing recovery and empathetic stories as much as possible. So for the same number of people that are getting sick, there's still many, many, many more patients that are recovering. There are many more stories of our communities coming together of how we're going to help combat it. Having that positive spin on what's going on will ultimately help our, our society and our community be able to lessen the mental health um, effects of this virus on our on our friends and family. Um, so in closing, you know, like I said, fear is a natural, normal um, response to danger. However, balancing the fear and reducing the risk will limit your anxiety and mental health. Um, please be as cautious as you can in helping support your family and friends and your patients who are at the higher end of the spectrum when it already comes to mental health, who are already struggling with mental health. During this kind of a setting, it's extremely important that we keep a closer eye on them, help them get get through it, help them see the bigger picture, and um, really check in with those people more as much as possible. It's um, Mental health is an invisible disease, unfortunately, and it's something that is not, you know, does not discriminate. It can affect any and everybody. It's really important that we do come together as healthcare professionals, as parents, as mothers, as fathers, as, you know, children. Every, every facet of our life can be affected by mental health, and it's important that we do come together during this time and try to limit the effects of this virus is having on our mental health. And I do appreciate you guys' time tonight. I hope um, we're able to do this again in a couple of weeks and have some better news, hopefully. Please stay safe. Please protect your families, heed the warnings, and practice social distancing. Have a wonderful day. Signing off on Beyond the Script.